five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. If you joined us on our most recent webinar with Matthew Parker, um, we offered for joining the WDMA, good morning, Phoenix, um, for joining the WDMA, you, you can attend Matthew Parker's upcoming webinar this Friday on, <coughs> excuse me, selling mail. Uh, but or I mean selling print, but not by price. How to avoid selling by price. And I think it's going to be really great. And I want you there. And if you join the WDMA right now, we'll pay your we'll pay your tuition for Matthew's couple of hour webinar on how to avoid selling price. Now I know you probably don't need it. You're probably super experienced, well-trained, and can sell ice cubes to Eskimos. But there's probably people at your company that do need it. So if you sign up, you can designate anyone you want. And if you have more than three people, it pays to get the corporate sponsorship. There's the link. I, Keith, I actually tested just WDMA.org slash join, and it somehow converted it to that I don't know how it even worked but it did work so um, it is possible to do it that way to do just what I said but you know the link is in at least a net on net oops on LinkedIn on Periscope who knows I don't know who's over there but it's good this is working because Periscope is shutting down anyway so let's cover the news I'm thinking maybe I should call this the mail the mail news hour <coughs> or something like that. I had some spicy stuff for breakfast, and it's coming back at me. Um, my style consultant says, don't share that stuff. Too late. i got to find the right button here. There we go. Okay. Um, two, two awards of excellence in two different contests were won by Stephen Longo who is a professor at the County College of Morris in New Jersey, I believe, CCM. <clears throat> and uh, he won one of the awards. Uh, he, award, he won for a direct mail campaign that was tailored to an audience of top corporate decision makers and was customized for each recipient. The Communicator Awards draws thousands of entries every year from around the world and is considered a leading international award program that recognizes excellence in communication across a spectrum of industries. My take on that, you know, because we used to have, the WDMA used to have an awards banquet and stuff. That's how you go under. <laughs> we haven't had one of those yet, but I'm not saying we won't. But, you know, we focused on mail, and one of the advantages of that was that we were allowed to dictate part of the judging criteria, which was, how did it do? What kind of what kind of results did it generate? Whereas a lot of the awards are just you know are just beauty contests. So um, this one it says the response rate was over 75 percent, which is unheard of in the direct mail industry, says Longo. The average response to a conventional direct mail piece nationally is one half of one percent. Now and see there's where. I would differ in judging. I'm not saying 75% response isn't great. But, you know, um, I remember a, a campaign that an agency did for Apple. 
and this is way back years ago and they said what we what we want to do is we want to we want to mail a uh, a gift card essentially a pre-approved car a credit card with with money for the Apple store to design firms in America well Apple was a little nervous because it was like 20 grand a piece okay 20 grand on a credit card free to go buy some Apple stuff something like that and uh, Apple was really nervous it wasn't 20 grand but it was it was a couple of grand I think as a starting point to get you buying new Apple design equipment and Apple was nervous and so they said well I'll tell you what we'll we'll apply we'll apply um, credit score to make sure that only the most successful credit worthy uh, designers get the card which is because you know because designers can sometimes be let's say they can change business names very quickly uh, and and so they sent it out and the response was just through the roof like a hundred percent response and so then they had a report to Apple and they said well there's good news and there's bad news the good news is the response rate was like 100%. Everybody used their card. They ran right out to the Apple store. The bad news is we got the credit score backwards, and so we only mailed it to the to the low credit designers. <laughs> and that's why t- telling me the des- the response rate is like uh, it's a good start. You know, you can't sell anything with a zero response rate, and I've seen campaigns like that as well. And I won't. I can tell you another story about that, where we sent out. It wasn't me. You know, the client sent out like 200,000 pieces and got three responses. And they asked me what I thought of it, and so I wrote them a little report. The designer of that piece said I had a personal vendetta against him to t- to take apart his piece like that. I didn't even know the guy. <laughs> and we changed it, and it worked great. <laughs> so. Response can tell you something. It's a it's a piece of the picture, but it's not the whole picture. Okay, here's an interesting. You know, I love Q, QR codes. I loved them from the day they came out. Um, but it's QR payments, and emerging growth is driving it because it's easier to have a phone scan a, a printed piece that's sitting up there, so you can pay with the, the just seeing the QR code. It doesn't have all of the it, you know your phone holds on to the payment information so it it lets your phone pay using the QR code but the QR code is a static image and the and the phone knows how to read it so it's uh it's a wonderful idea um, wonderful application of the QR code what I'm told by the article is that um, QR code payments have low acceptance cost versus contactless payments meaning in other words you don't need fancy readers and all this other thing meaning they are highly competitive and appealing to retailers in emerging markets which lack card infrastructure. Um, and if you already have credit card acceptance and you all have all that infrastructure, it doesn't cost hardly anything to, to add the QR payment methodology. Now, I've saw, I saw it on the gas pumps at mobile just the other day, and I'm a little curious about it. I think it was for Apple Pay, which I don't have. I don't have any Apple products. But... Um, I'm curious, and I'm going to look into it and figure out how to do it. When my style consultant comes today, I'll ask her if she does any of that. But anyway, national QR code payment standards help, as in SGQR in Singapore. 
and will be major accelerators to the growth in QR payments. And but they said, you know, they expect the U.S. Um, QR code payments to reach uh, 2.7 trillion in 2025 by 2025 because these are just really low cost. It's really a great, it's a great thing. I've always loved QR codes. It's an interface between the virtual and the physical. Got it? And that's why it's so helpful for direct mail because it takes all of the qualities of physicality uh, and that you can't ignore it and that you have to engage and it adds this one little component where you don't have to be typing on your little keypad to go to the website of the merchant or to, to go to the particular item that's being featured. It's just a wonderful, wonderful idea and I'm highly against uh, specialized QR codes using those uh, where you have to download a special app. That's what killed the QR codes in the first place. Instead, just make it look like a real QR code. You don't have to make them very big, though. They, they can work at a quarter inch. So um, that's why I mention QR codes often, because it's that interface that makes mail even more powerful. Land's End had a uh, posted January 12th, uh, said that they were going to do uh, earnings per share was going to be 54 to 58 cents as opposed to 48 cents. So they beat earnings, uh, projected earnings by 20%. Woohoo! Okay. So if you think catalogs are dead, go jump in the lake. I don't want to hear from you. And Land's End, brand new, brand new turtleneck. Oh, it's so snuggy. I love Land's End. The only thing I wish is that they had a Land's End little logo, the little lighthouse. I wish it was on my my fleece, but it's not. So, But anyway, I love Land's End. I want to get that. Now, here, here's the best article I've seen in a long time. Samuel Scott, we got to connect, we got to talk. Um, how Google Analytics ruined marketing from TechCrunch. And what's interesting, first of all, is that TechCrunch is not, you know, not really a mainstream marketing. It's not like marketing news or marketing week or ad week or something like that. It's tech news, okay? But it's got this great article, and he references a previous article, okay? So marketers in the high-tech world who use phrases such as social media marketing, you know, and we talked about Mark Ritson. He said all the ads, I, I saw this, you know, Digital media strategist, and uh, all the ads are, are strategic direct media experience, or social media experience, and all this stuff. Facebook marketing, content marketing, do not understand the basic difference between marketing strategies, marketing channels, and marketing content. Now, I would say understanding content is an important piece of generating content. Obviously, I don't understand it because I talk about mail. I should be talking digital. And then I'd have more followers. Everybody would be lining up to listen. Somebody, I'm getting a thoughtful heart there go by. Okay. But, and, and Facebook is its own, in, in a certain sense, it's, a, it's, a, it's its own subspecialty. You know, but, so, you know, I don't know, Facebook savvy, Facebook tech, something. There's a, there's a way to say it, but what... What Samuel is arguing is that Facebook marketing isn't really a thing. No one ever said television marketing. There's, well, television advertising, you know. You know. Uh, and, and so he says, you know, you, you, 
there's three strategies. You can do advertising, you can do publicity or uh, like product placement, or you can do direct marketing in terms of a direct response uh, methodology. There's three strategies. These are strategies, okay? Television is a marketing channel, not a marketing strategy. <clears throat> so you can have, um, you know, you can have product placement. On, <clears throat> you can have, uh, you can have a, a, an ad placement, or, or you can have, you know, an infomercial, something like that. <clears throat> that is interactive and, and is de generated with a response device. <laughs> if a tech marketer creates a video and spreads it on Facebook, here's what he's doing. Strategy is advertising, one of the parts of that mix up above. Content, the video itself, and the channel, which is Facebook. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. And uh, it, suppose someone wanted to create an informational material that aims to rank highly in Google search results. The strategy is SEO. Okay, which may mean may, may need to be added to a new modern promotion mix. I would say that's you know on a level with public relations. You know where you're trying to get media and or individuals. To pick it up, you're trying to get Google to pick it up, pick up your promotional piece. Content is the blog post, and I know of someone who takes takes search terms that are that are lively right now. You know, like for example, big data is almost dead. It was big a couple of years ago, now it's dead. Okay, and I did the same thing. I wrote titles with big data in them, you know, and I got lots of hits for a while. Now it's like pff, gone. Okay, so she would take these lively search terms and embed them in her article, use them as part of the way she writes it, so that it has a light, more likely, uh, more likely to be posted by or brought up by Google on the first page, and it's been very effective for her. And she does, and she also does it regionally, which is nice. And so she puts key, uh, key regional indicators in there, so that if you're looking for a dentist in St. Cloud, Minnesota, you know. Dentist and St. Cloud will be in there, but so will Painless or, uh, you know, Veneers or uh, Cosmetics or some of these words will be in there too. I don't know if those are good words right now, but that's the kind of thing that she does. So it, there's, a, there's, a, there's better and worse ways to do that. And there's, an, there's a more generic sense of the term strategy that does apply. You can have a strategy over how to write your article. But that's content creation. That's basic rules of content creation. Um, and, and so Samuel says, this is what he thinks Mark Ritson meant when he wrote his recent controversial marketing week column stating that marketing, marketers need real marketing qualifications. What he was really, what Mark Ritson, and I did talk about this article, was attacking was that companies are trying to hire things that don't really exist. And I see it all the time. So... Um, you know, he had also written one on, on the five buckets within the promotion mix. But let's go down. Okay, when marketers brainstorm campaigns, they typically start with, who is our target audience? What are our goals? Great first question. What's the best message for the audience? In light of those goals, which strategies within promotion mix, advertising, direct marketing, sales promotion, direct selling, publicity, should we use to communicate the message? And there's more than that. What are the best on and offline channels for that strategy to reach the audience? Okay. What marketing collateral and creatives should we create and transmit based on answers to the four questions? How can we measure the results based on which metrics are relevant to each strategy within the promotion mix that we will use? 
And I would say this could easily belong up in number three. Oops. hard to draw with a straight edge. Okay, how do we measure? Has a big impact on how you do the rest of the uh, the rest of the promotion mix. Okay, now along comes Google Analytics, and this is the punchline. Google An Analytics is used by 55% of all websites, and as a traffic analysis market uh, market share, it has a, a market share of 83%. More than half of those websites use GA as their only source of marketing data. GA pushed marketers to change their focus from strategy to channel. And I've been talking about this for years, right? That Google, just the way it's set up, makes you think that digital is everything, okay? Because what you do offline doesn't show up very well. You know, people could come, request collateral information, you mail them, they interact, they call you on the phone, you have all these talks, you, you send them a quote, all of that stuff, email and all, all sorts of things, all of that happens without Google seeing it, and then an order gets placed. Guess who gets credit? That first SEO or that first ad, right? Does that seem fair? No, but it, if you're not aware of that skew, it can push you into digital more and more and more and more digital when, in fact, it's the other support that probably did most of the work. You know, or people go get a catalog in the mail, they look at it and say, oh, man, I'd like a new turtleneck. Triggers their mind, triggers their touch. <clears throat> they, they vow to do it. But then they get to the office and say, oh, I forgot to do that last night. And uh, so what do they do? They type in landsend.com and they buy the turtleneck. Or they type in landsend.com and up comes Google because they don't remember the URL and Google offers them the Land's End link. Google takes credit. It all looks like it's all from, from digital, right? That's the kind of thing that's happening in the world today. Now, if you stopped paid search payments, you probably still would get that link. You probably wouldn't realize that it had no impact at all unless you stop it. I highly recommend hold out testing because when you stop mailing a catalog in a couple of months you will feel it it's just no question but that's not how you do it you know it's not like Neiman Marcus or Jay Jill did it where they just stopped and said let's go digital probably because of Google Analytics no instead what you do is you take 10% of what you're planning to mail <clears throat> maybe key stores maybe across the board there's that's why I, I say the measurement is is way higher up in the in the mix um, but you, you take some people you intended to mail and you don't mail them. You, you, you statistically remove a significant sample. And then you look at downstream purchases, downstream profitability, and you see what happened. That's how you see the causal impact of a channel. You remove the channel in some statistically valid experiment. And as this writer points out, <clears throat> way down here, is he says, what's the ROI of social media? That makes as much sense as saying, what's the ROI of the telephone? Right, you can use it well, you can use it badly. So Google Analytics pushed everyone online. And 
<clears throat> what's interesting is though that he does he does actually it gives only direct ROI so we kind of already covered that but he, what he says as, is in his conclusion is direct marketing is one of the easiest and most straightforward ways integrating on and offline tying it all together it's an excellent article I can't cover it all I apologize go to wdma.org it doesn't cost you anything to subscribe get on that list and you can log in and you can then see the show notes which is in this case it's worth just that trouble as it is so I'll have these show notes up and read this article I highly recommend it on techcrunch.com Samuel Scott fascinating how we've essentially been pushed or duped or lured <clears throat> into the digital digital marketing myth. And as he said, we shouldn't even say digital marketing, really. We should say online myth. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.